Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. First John, the fourth chapter, we're going to read a scripture there, and then we'll just go into the uh, chapter five. I, um, I was so stirred in my heart last Sunday as I was sharing uh, uh, the word that this specific scripture, scripture that I quoted, uh, it just jumped out at me when I read it, and so I went back to it, and going back to it, I just, um, I really uh, believe the Spirit of God wanted me to share a little more on this specific scripture. I, I, in fact, I believe that I'll be sharing the next two Wednesday nights on this specific scripture because it goes two different directions or has two different specific meanings to it. And we're going to use the first one tonight in regards to uh, the title of my message is Giving Birth to the Will of God. Giving Birth to the Will of God. Hallelujah. In 1 John, the fourth chapter, verse 19, I'm going to begin there. It says this, we love him because he first loved us. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Amen. And he goes on and says, if a man say, I love God, and he hates, or that word hate, again, if you remember in the Greek, it means to detest, to detest with persecution. That's what the word means. And um, to, to detest so that you'll end up persecuting them. If a man, the Bible says, uh, or a woman, say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Hmm. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. Amen. Well, I'm getting a really exciting amen from that. Say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and just let me say this, because it really is the truth, that we've been, here 37, we've been here 37 years, and in 37 years, I've never had a problem with a sinner. I've never had a problem with the community. No, I haven't. In fact, the community has praised us for what we have done uh, regarding this facility. This facility was built, this specific building was built in 1908, so it's getting old. It's 100, what, 1908? That's 110 years old, right? 110? And, um, and so uh, they just applaud us for what we've done. I go down to the uh, city hall, you know, often I'll get somebody say, man, you've done a phenomenal job in that building. Well, I say, thank you. We love your addition. Thank you. You know, we have voting here. We're always getting comments. Never had a problem with the world, but with the church I have. And so therefore, I just want you to know, in case it haven't happened yet, your greatest challenges in the love walk will be with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's just the way it is. Amen. Now, that doesn't excuse us from being like that. We have to take the higher road. Can I have an amen? amen. So if you're, going to, if you're going to be God-like, you're going to have, uh, you're going to, or you're going to, if you want to know God, you're going to have to uh, do what God says and love your brother. Let's go on. Now, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified, chapter 5, verse 1. It says, everyone who believes, and I love the way it says here, adheres to, trusts, and relies on the fact that Jesus is the Christ or the anointed one, the Messiah, is a born-again child of God. How many born-again children of God we have here tonight? Amen. And, the, and everyone who loves the Father also loves the one, and I like the, what the Amplified says, also loves the one born of him, his offspring. Did you catch that? He loves his offspring. You are his offspring, are you not? Amen. By this we come to know and recognize and understand that we love the children of God. When we love God and obey his commandments, 
or his commands or orders or charges. Now, stop and think about this. You know, we all get sometimes, there's a lot of Christians, oh, we're not under the law. We're not under the law. But it's amazing here. But we know, let me ask you, what are the two greatest commandments? Anybody tell me? Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and your neighbor as yourself. You know, or love your neighbor as your neighbor, love your neighbor as you would love your neighbor to love you. Amen. You do, you come first. You have to go first. <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. It goes on and says this. Uh, when we love God and obey his commands, orders, charges, when we keep his ordinances and are mindful of his precepts and his teaching. For the true love of God is this: that we do his commands keep his ordinances, and are mindful of his precepts and teaching. And these orders of his are not irksome, they're not burden, burdensome, they're not oppressive or grievous, for whatever is born of God is victorious over the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world or overcomes the world, even our faith. So what conquers the world is our faith. And I said this last week, I said, it didn't say, it didn't say whosoever, it said whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the, uh, uh, overcomes the world. He, that King James says, whatsoever is born of God, or whatsoever, I said this Sunday, whatsoever God gives birth to, whatever God births, overcomes the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Whatever God births, overcomes the world. Let's stop for a moment and say, and let's stop for a moment. What does God birth? Stop and think about that. What, he said, whatsoever God births, overcomes, conquers, is successful over the world. So what does God birth? Anybody, give me one thing God births. Give me one thing God births. God births, the first thing he births is love because God is love. Another thing that God births is compassion because it says as compassions fail not. And of course, compassion would be the fruit of love, wouldn't it? Another thing, he, he, another thing that he births is mercy. For the Bible says his mercy is anew every morning. Now, how many are grateful that he, he, he births mercy? Yeah. Amen. So there's many things that God births, and we could, you know, really talk about the nine fruit of the Spirit, that he births, but he births these things. But, but where does he birth them? He births, the, he births them in the soil of man's heart. That's where they're birthed from. Amen. I said, amen. amen. It's um, Kurt's and Trissa's anniversary today. Been married nine years. Yeah. And that, we can applaud that. Amen. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you'd really applaud it if you knew what a mess they were in. <laughs> Come on. Amen. They don't mind that I say that all because they know the greatness of God's love in their relationship, and how they allowed that love, they allowed that love to come into that relationship and heal it. Amen. So Kurt would say he's probably the most perfect man you could ever live with. <laughs> but his wife would say different. Amen. Whatsoever is born of God, whatever God gives birth to overcomes, that word means subdues, conquers the world, and this is the victory or the means of success that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. So our faith in what? Think about this. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is, this is, 
me read that. And this, uh, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith in what? Our faith in what God births on the inside of us regarding his word. That's what overcomes the world. It's what he births on the inside of us. Every time the word is preached, listen, every time the word is preached, listen, faith is in the spiritual atmosphere. And all God is looking for is a, a um, and we want to get into this too, but all he's looking for is a piece of soil that has prepared itself to receive that word so that they can, so that he can reap the results of that promise, whatever it is, from his word in your life. When you were born again, what happened was that you heard the word of God sometime in your life, and that seed went inside of your heart. And that seed began to take root. And one day, praise God, that seed was growing. All of a sudden, you heard the message again, and bam, that message became so alive on the inside of you that you were born of the Spirit on the inside. But it didn't come without a seed being planted because God does not get a harvest without seed. That's why you always have to be the steward of your heart because every time you come to church, the word is being preached. And if you prepared yourself, whoops, almost fell off. If you prepared yourself, if you prepared yourself inside, then praise God, that word will find a place in you. And ultimately that word, whatever's preached that day, that promise, that blessing, praise God, will, will come, listen, it will come to pass in your life. So whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, we know that the Apostle Paul tells us where faith comes from. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by Hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it's just not, listen, it's just not hearing with the outer ear. This is what the Lord said to me. It's hearing with an inward desire to respond with active obedience to whatever God is revealing to you at that moment. Whew. Now you're going to have to get this tape and let's do it again. But I thought that was good. It's just not listening like you are tonight. You're listening, you know, with, you can hear me with your outer ear. But, but really what overcomes the world is hearing with an inward desire to respond with active obedience to whatever God is revealing to you at that moment. And I put this up. This is good. It's not, I've shared this, but it's not the revelation of God's word that advances his will in your life. It's the application of the revelation that does. Isn't that good? It's the application of the revelation that changes your life or advances his will in your life. It's, it's you being obedient to what he says. It's easy to hear the word of God. It's easy to shout hallelujah. It's another thing to leave here and apply that to your life. And usually, again, it all has to do with the relational side of life. James 1 talks about that. He who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it, there it is, and perseveres, means you're going to have some, you're going to have some resistance against what you want regarding God's will in your life. You're going to have some resistance, and we know that comes from the realm of the spirit, okay? And, uh, and is faithful to it. He who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, staying focused on it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, watch us, in his life of obedience. Or he'll give birth to the promise 
of what he's holding on to in the word of God. We'll give you a couple examples of that tonight. You, you will give birth to what you're holding on to regarding the promise of God, whatever you're believing for. How many here are, are you got things in your life you're believing for? Raise your hand if you're believing for certain things in your life. That sometimes, you know, you, you know, you're ultimately, got, every need is met, but you're believing for, you may be believing for other people. You may be believing for their salvation, believing for their healing, their deliverance, whatever. But believing is, is an ongoing thing in a Christian's life. Praise the Lord. So, uh, I want you to go to Genesis 12. We'll give you a couple examples here uh, before we pray tonight. We're talking about birthing. We're talking about becoming pregnant with the will of God and ultimately that being manifested in your life. Becoming pregnant with the promises of God so that they come to pass in your life. Amen. I said amen. Genesis 12, here's one. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you. In other words, he, he doesn't know where he's going, he's just going. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. We, we confess that when we do the offering, okay? And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee, Abram, shall all the families of the earth be blessed, so Abraham, or Abram, departed as the Lord had spoken, okay? Abraham, listen, Abraham or Abram at this point didn't come up with a list of what ifs. What ifs? What if I get out there and I lose my direction? I don't know where I'm going. He didn't, he didn't do any of that. He didn't come up with a plan B. He, his immediate response to God was his faith in action. He departed. He didn't ask any questions. He didn't stop and analyze things. He just departed. He just, bam, he just went. That's powerful. That is faith. That's faith, listen, that's faith in a promise God made. And the moment he departed, the moment he departed, he became pregnant with God's promise. He became pregnant on the inside. The spirit of his womb received the promise of God and he, he held on to that. His wife was barren. I said his wife was barren. Now, he was 75 and still could provide seed, which we will find out in a moment. But, you know, he, I mean, in the natural, I mean, it was something that he knew that God would have to intervene for this to happen. See, if you could, if you could just go out and do something and, and get it on your own, that's not faith. But if you're believing God with something you cannot attain to without him, there, now you have faith in action. Now you're, now you're trusting God that you're... Years ago, many, many years ago, I first got saved. You, you know, I smoked. And uh, I enjoyed it. I smoked about... At that time, I think I smoked, well, I don't know, a couple packs of cigarettes a day. And um, I, I'd smoke one, put it out, smoke another, up another one, you know. And I, and I enjoyed smoking. But the night I got saved, nobody said nothing to me, but God convicted me about that lifestyle. And so that night, I was determined to quit smoking. You've heard that story. But one day, you know, one day, I said to God, because I was so tired of wanting to quit, but couldn't quit. I was addicted. And so one day, I said to the Lord, nobody told me this. I was just him, me talking. I said, Lord, I'll meet you halfway. If you, I'll throw the cigarettes away if you'll take the desire away. That's what I prayed. And so that day I threw the cigarettes away. 
and the desire, oh, it just intensified. <laughs> and so I sucked on lollipops, remember that? I bought red licorice. I got so tired of eating red licorice. I, my, the roof of my mouth was raw from sucking on lollipops. And just anything I could stuff in my mouth that would keep me from taking a cigarette. And I mean, I mean, it was like 30 days to the day, bam, that desire went away. And I've never had a desire for a cigarette since. I mean, not one desire. I mean, I've been, through, I've been to hell and back, but never thought about toking up a cigarette. Now, I'm not condemning anybody. Uh, you know, God will convict you. God will, you know, work with you. But that was just me. I, but I knew I couldn't quit without his help. Say, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Amen. So I did. But that's what Abraham did. He made a deal with God. God made a deal with him. If you do this, I'll do this. If you do this, I'll do this. I said to God, if you do this, I'll do that. But see, that desire didn't go. I had to act on my faith by sticking something in my mouth other than a cigarette. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's good to be free from that. Amen. Amen. Now, since then, there's other things that, you know, you have to conquer in life, you know, whether it's fear, oppression, anxiety, you know, whatever things that may come into your life, you know, you still have to use your faith. Can I have an amen to that? <clears throat> so anyway, I just wanted to show you that, that uh, Abraham, I mean, he became pregnant on the inside with the promise of God, something that was impossible in the natural. See, when it comes to pregnancy, now, I've never been pregnant in the natural because I'm a man, but my wife has. I was with her, not with the two pregnancies of my girls. Thank God they didn't allow it. But they'd allowed it with the third one. And after the nurses carried me to a chair because I was passing out from watching this wonderful, exciting journey, that I would have just loved to have Vicki tell me about it. But I'm sure a woman, if it could happen, she would love to, if she could set the terms, she would love to be pregnant only two months. Maybe less. <laughs> but that's impossible. Why? Because God set the timetable to nine months. Now, you know, sometimes they're born early, you know, you know, two or three weeks, complications can happen or whatever, but most, the standard is nine months. What am I saying? Well, in prayer, we want to set a timetable for God. And that's the worst thing you can do because you'll be disappointed. Because if Abraham would have set a timetable for God, he would have never obtained, listen, the supernatural promise. And for him, it wasn't supernatural because of the fact that he just wanted a boy. But for God, God had a bigger plan in mind. Just think about that. If God had a blessing for you and he had something bigger in mind beyond that, wouldn't you want the bigger thing as much as you would want the smaller thing you're believing for? Amen. You would. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. So you can't set a timetable. So the moment Abraham or Abraham was given the promise from God, here in Genesis 12, now listen to this, he, 10 years passes by before he ever hears from God again. 10 years. Not 10 weeks, not 10 hours, not 10 months, but 10 years, let's go to Genesis 15. 10 years goes by before he hears God. 
And now, in Genesis 15, let me read this out of the New Living, just because it's a little easier. Um, uh, Genesis 15. So, though those, listen, 10 years is passing by. Abram hasn't heard a thing from God. Yet, listen, he hasn't let go of that pregnancy on the inside of him. It's growing. The vision is growing. All right, so let's go. 10 years later, here he goes. Then the Bible says that sometime later, that's 10 years to be exact, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision, and he said to him, don't be afraid, Abraham, because sometimes, you know, fear enters your life when you're believing for something you think maybe it's not going to happen. Don't get into fear. Stay in faith. For I will protect you, and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer, whatever his name is, of Damascus, a servant in my household, uh, he, he, was, he was a Gentile, he was a heathen, he wasn't a Jew, okay? Uh, he's going to inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, no. Your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord, watch this, he took Abram outside and he gave him a vision. He said, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. When God gives you a promise in his word, whatever you, how many have read the word and you say, wow, that is really good. And he gives you something then that is your responsibility to stay focused on the promise and let God do the impossible. And you focus on the problem until, on the problem, excuse me, on the promise until it becomes a reality. It's just to focus on God, thank you. You made that promise to me, you know. Praise the Lord. I, I'm just like you. I'm, I'm human just like you. Um, I measure uh, I mean, you know, I measure the success of, of this ministry a lot of times based on numbers, you know. And so, you know, when you look in the natural, you think you're a big failure because, you know, you, you think you should have done a lot better. I'm just like you. So what is, what is required of me? I have to stay in faith. No, I don't have to, but if I'm going to attain to, I've always prayed this through the years. I prayed that scripture in um, Haggai, which says, the glory of this house will be greater the glory of the latter house should be greater than the glory of the former. And boy, we've seen some former glories that were hallelujah. So I'm believing the latter is going to be greater. How many agree with me for that? Praise Amen. the Lord. Thank you. I appreciate that. Amen. So I'm responsible to hold on to that vision in my heart. So the Bible says, Abraham believed God. And the Lord counted, verse 6, he counted him as righteous because of his faith. Hallelujah. That means though 10 years had gone by, Abram never aborted the promise within through unbelief. Did you hear that? In 10 years had gone by, he never aborted the promise through unbelief. Well, I've been, you know, I've been giving, I've been giving for years and nothing ever happens. This stuff don't work. And people get offended. They get outraged at God or especially the preacher because he's telling them something and it doesn't happen. And so they quit believing God. They abort their promise. Say, I'm not aborting my promise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Now, unbeknownst to him, 13 more years would pass by before that promise came to fruition. Another 13 years. So that's 25 years. 25 years of standing on 
the word of God regarding something, listen, that was impossible. In fact, every year that went by, the impossibility grew greater in the natural. But it wasn't Abraham's responsibility to bring that to pass. It was God's. Abraham's responsibility was to stay in faith and preserve that seed within his heart. It's good stuff, isn't it? Write this down. All of God's promises start out in seed form. All of them. This is seed. I said, this is seed. And all of God's promises start out in seed form. And it's our uh, responsibility to, to sow it into a heart of faith and leave it there to germinate and grow. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Now go to 1 John 2. In 1 John 2, I just wanted to read this because it says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. So what does that mean, overcomes the world? Well, in the second chapter of John, this is the fifth chapter, but in the second chapter, he gives us a definition of that very thing that we're to overcome. Here it is. Do not love ah, or cherish the things that are in the world. Now, he'll, he'll tell us what that is. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, here it is, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance in one's own resources, or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. You know, during that, I wasn't alive, my daddy was. My daddy was alive during the uh, Great Depression. My daddy was 12 years old when the Great Depression hit America. He said there were many, many successful businessmen that lost everything and committed suicide. You know, and uh, he remembers it well. And that's why a lot of people, um, a lot of people in that time frame um, uh, wouldn't spend another dime for the rest of their lives. Even they were multimillionaires, they, were, they, got, they, they got so in, infected, impacted by that loss that, they, they, that, they, that became a bondage to them the rest of their life. They had money but wouldn't spend it for fear they would run out. Isn't that something? But dad remembers it. Dad remembers it well. Why am I bringing that up? Because, see, we, you, you here tonight, talk to my son, uh, uh, earlier we were talking, but we have, you, you and I have never experienced such a thing. You, you and I have never experienced of standing in line, hope to God, uh, you have Valentine in Russia, I mean in Soviet Union, they'd stand in line, we were there in 1983, that was a long time ago, and then we went back in 86, people standing in line, and you go to grocery stores, there were nothing in the grocery stores. I mean, it was crisis situations. We've never had that. So, you know, we can sit here and, you know, and, and flaunt our, you know, faith, you know, and say we believe God, but we've never been in a crisis like that to have our faith truly tested. And guess what? I don't ever want to. Now, I'm not praying for that. But at the same time, the church has never, ever, the church has never flourished in times of good. Never. 
I was telling Andrew, I said, I can't, you know, we're talking about World War II. You know, we, we look at things, you know, and people make statements about, you know, uh, you know that, that time, you know, or, or, you know, having a wrong political leader in, in government to where, you know, you have an Adolf Hitler running your government, and, and all of a sudden you have a government that is a dictatorial type of government, and all of a sudden, as a Christian, you've lost all your rights. We haven't had that. Or they'll you up, load you up on a train and take you to a, a nice um, uh, resort and put you to death. We've never, we've, we've never experienced those kinds of fears. Now in September, we're having, September we're having. I mean, I, we are so honored. I didn't even ask for this. Uh, I didn't even ask for it. They just called Kufi and said, we're gonna have come to your church um, a, a man who uh, was in Ostwich when he was five years old. He's gonna be here. He's gonna be here at Faith Family Church. Let me hear some excitement out of you. Is that, I mean. I mean, it's excitement, and, and it's more of an honor. It's more of an honor to hear someone who, who lived that, someone who was stripped. He, he watched his brother being pulled away from him, his mom and dad being pulled away from him, and all his family died. And he was a, he was a strong young boy, so they used him in labor camps and stuff, so he didn't lose his life. But we've, not, we've never had any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, so when it comes to our little, um, uh, I can't pay my light bill, or, or, or whatever it may be, it's nothing, it's nothing. We have no, we have no excuses. But what we do need to do is let God's word be birthed on the inside of us so that uh, uh, what's coming overflowing out of us is the nature of God, especially to those that don't know the Lord. Vicki's aunt just passed away two days ago. A Thursday, I think, was she passed away. No, what? I don't even know. Wednesday, she passed away. Monday? Uh, Tuesday morning? Yesterday morning, 11.30, she passed away. And uh, she, was, she loved the Lord. She's in heaven. So we're going to go up and do her funeral on, uh, on um, Saturday. But uh, my point in bringing that up is that, thank God she was ready. But we need to get people ready for heaven. Can I have an amen? I mean, that should be our, that should be our conviction. Praise the Lord. That which is born of God overcomes the world. So here he talks, let's go on. So here it is. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance in one's own, uh, um, assurance in, in uh, I lost my, forgive me, um, in one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things. These do not come from the Father, but are from the world itself. And the world passes away and disappears, and with it, the forbidden cravings, the passionate desires, the lust of it. But he who does the will of God and carries out or carries to full term his purposes in his life abides or remains forever. That's what we want. We want that in our, we want to abide forever. We want to abide forever in the will of God. Praise the Lord. I don't know when Jesus is coming. We've talked to, they've been talking for 2,000 years that Jesus is coming. But all I want to know is that Jesus said he's going to come, and there's going to be those that are distracted, but those that are focused on looking for his return. How many here want to be focused on looking for his return? Same here. Don't know what's going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. Praise the Lord. All right, um, Romans 4, let's go there, and we'll just, we'll wrap this up. Romans, the fourth chapter. So Abraham believed God, and here, here it talks, it records this, um, uh, it, it records this. Uh, and I just, um, uh, I, I love what it says in the Amplified. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, he hoped in faith. Say he hoped in faith. Yeah, he did. He hoped in faith. 
that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. What was the promise? So numberless shall your descendants be. That was the promise. Now, he, Abraham, did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter imp uh, impotence of his own body, which was good as dead because he was about 100 years old, nor, nor did he weaken in faith when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead womb. No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning what God promised him. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. You catch that? I think that's a beautiful attitude really does determine your altitude. He just simply lived a life of gratitude, worshiping God and giving thanks to God that whatever God wanted in his life, he was going to bring it to pass. Isn't that cool? He stayed there. He stayed in faith. He grew stronger even as he gave praise and glory to God because he knew the miracle was going to have to come from God. Let's go on. Now, <clears throat> that is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness or right standing with God. But watch this. The words it was credited to him were not written for his sake alone, all, but they were written for our sakes too. Righteousness or right standing or standing acceptable to God were, um, and I put this, where we tap into the things deemed impossible will be granted and credited to us also who believe in, trust and adhere to and rely on God who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He's simply saying, he's simply, I given, I'm giving you an example that you can trust me that just as I made a promise to Abraham, the whole Bible, there's like 3,000 promises in the Bible. So you can go to Deuteronomy. When we confess that, uh, uh, the offering, when we make that confession, we say Deuteronomy 28. Uh, but how many of you recently have read Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14? Because if you haven't, then, then what you're saying, you can't believe because you can only believe if you know what God is saying about the promise. Can I have an amen? amen. And so, or Malachi 3. You know, um, you know, Malachi 3, God said he'd open the windows and help pour you out a blessing. Every Monday we gather together for prayer. And that's one of the things we end with is we pray for you as families that God will prosper you and increase you for his glory and honor. Am I a little bit selfish? Yes, because I believe if he prospers you uh, immensely, it, you're going to bring greater ties into this to our house so, so we can have a greater impact on our community. Can I have an amen? amen. So yes, there's something I have ulterior motive. But it isn't for me, it's for the kingdom of God. And so uh, we pray that for you. So why am I telling you that tonight? Because I want you to know, on Mondays when you're at work, you look up to heaven and say, Father, thank you that, uh, that the prayer warriors are at church today at noon. They're praying for me. And I believe that I'm living under an open, uh, a window open from heaven. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. <clears throat> I'll give you one more and then we're, we're done. This, this is just a quote. I won't, I won't go there. But I'll just quote it. Another one who uh, had a, just a spirit of unwavering faith was, and who became pregnant with the promise of God was, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And it's so, again, I, I'll tell you, because sometimes you, you, you talk like this and people say, well, what is he trying to say? You get pregnant in the womb of your spirit. And spirit. Yeah, everything, everything, about, everything about this is spirit, everything. Everything about, so if you're going to tap into what God promised and get it from the spirit realm to the natural realm, you got to have faith. And so Mary, what does she do? The angel comes to her and says, hey, the spirit of, spirit of God is going to hover over you and, and, and is going to touch you. And that which is born of you will be holy. It'll be the son of God, the Messiah, the Savior. And I love what you, and then and, 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 and he said this. Now, I want you to know, though, I'm going to give you a confirmation. 
I'm just going to give you a little boost here. You know Elizabeth? Yeah. 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 Elizabeth, your aunt. Yeah. Do you know her? Is it aunt? Was she aunt? Cousin. Cousin. Thank you. Elizabeth, your cousin, in her old age, she's been barren her whole life. She's pregnant. <laughs> I'm just going to give you a little boost of, uh, of encouragement. And she says this, but then he went on to say, because with God, all things are possible. Or with God, nothing shall be impossible. So anyway, you know what she says? Yeah. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the moment she said that, I mean, the moment she said that, the angel exited. Why? Because he knew she was pregnant with the promise of God. Is that beautiful or what? She was pregnant with the promise of God. Now, I'm sure many of you women don't want to be pregnant anymore with, but, uh, in the natural, but you want to be pregnant with the promises of God's word. Can I have an amen? amen? I hope this isn't too deep for you. God gave us all these natural things to let us know that you, if you'll take a hold, you'll find, go to the Bible and say, Father, here's a promise. I've been, I, I really need your help. And you gave this promise. Now, Lord, I'm just going to receive that by faith. And the moment you say that, that word will go inside your heart and begin to, begin to take root and grow until, until, listen, until the natural has to, has to conform to the supernatural promises of God and his word. Can I have an amen? amen? Praise the Lord. One more scripture and we're done. James 5. It says this. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient. <laughs> as you want, as you wait for the Lord's return. Now consider the farmer's who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. Now, they eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. It's not something. James, 2,000 years ago, James believed that Jesus was going to return in his life. Well, Jesus didn't return. Listen, but Jesus sure welcomed him home. We win either way. If Jesus don't return, you know, I believe that Pastor Vic is going to live longer than me, but we also believe that we're going to, we're going together. Praise the Lord. I, I, if I pass, she'll just slap the tar out of me until I wake up. You're not going. <laughs> I'll wake up, my cheeks will be all puffed out. What happened? Nothing. You just ain't going to heaven yet. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. Now, for examples of patience in suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Now, we give, and I thought this was beautiful, we give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. Now, the King James says great patience. You can see how the Lord was kind to him, watch this, at the end. The end what? The end of his faith. At the end of his faith. His wife said, curse God and die. His three friends, you know, gave him a hard time. But he just stayed faithful to God. That whole story of Job is for that reason. It's to let you know that no matter how tough life is, if you'll just stay faithful to God, in the end of your faith, you'll reap a harvest of great blessing in your life. Praise the Lord. I love that. For instance, you know Job, a man of great endurance or patience. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. 
for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.